if you can dream it, we can help you create it. Welcome to the You Create Podcast, the show that teaches you how to take the power and flexibility of a StepCraft 3D CNC system and turn your ideas into reality. So let your ideas flow, because we want to know, what will you create? Welcome to episode number 14 of the You Create Podcast. My name is Eric, and I'll be your host this week. want to thank you again for joining me for another episode of the You Create Podcast. Uh, we had a pretty busy week and a half, I guess, so I apologize for not having an episode out sooner, but we were getting ready for the uh, Model Railroad Hobby Show, which was this past weekend. Uh, it's put on by the uh, Amherst Railway Society. And it takes place at a place called the Big E um, up in West Springfield, Massachusetts. And this is a place where every fall they have uh, a huge fair. Um, they see close to a million and a half people across 19 days. And uh, there's five buildings there that are huge, like uh, convention buildings. And, and four of them were taken up by this train show. I was a little blown away, a little nervous, too. I got to admit, uh, we got there. And I heard that it was a big show, but I, I had no idea exactly uh, how big that it was. Uh, when we walked in, uh, Dan and I were there to set up the booth on Friday, and um, it was literally, I, I can't even tell you how many, well over 100,000 square feet of uh, exhibit space and nothing but model railroads. Uh, so I talked to a couple of um, exhibitors there who were there you know, several years in a row. And they were telling me that, you know, this show sees somewhere between 20 and 25,000 uh, people throughout the, the, the weekend. And uh, here, you know, Dan and I had a 20 foot booth and it was just the two of us that were planning on, on running this thing. Uh, there's no way that, that we could have done it. So I pulled some strings and called some friends and um, a big shout out to uh, Peter, Joe and, and Jay for um, coming in and volunteering and a special thanks to Michelle for spending the day with us on, on Saturday as well. Um, I'm not much of a model railroad guy. I, uh, I know it's a big hobby. I, I come from the model uh, airplane and model helicopter space. And I know that that's a big hobby. Uh, after seeing this show and after talking to some people, um, apparently the, the model railroad industry is, much much greater than the radio control hobby industry it's it's unbelievable um how many people and 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 companies that are involved and uh it was it just blew me away and so our booth um we had three machines there our booth was set up uh saturday morning about a half an hour before the show started exhibitors started coming over and it was interesting because every time we started to run a machine that made noise, uh, like I had a, a Stepcraft 600 there with a Dremel that was acting as the spindle, and this Dremel seen its better days, so it was a little on the noisy side. Every time you turn it on and start cutting something, a crowd of people just came over, and if you shut it off, there the aisle you know would clear up. There would be maybe one or two people. Um, we would turn on the shop back and just people would come over. It was, it was actually funny to see every time we made a lot of noise, the booth was busy. So, uh, we did our best to 
keep the machines running to keep a lot of noise there. And all I can say is from about 8.30 until about 5.15 on Saturday, the first day of the show, our booth was packed at least five or six people wide, six people deep. Uh, We had people complaining that they came by to see us, but there were so many people in front of the booth that they couldn't even get to us. I've received a few phone calls since the show with people asking more information. They said they just had no way of uh, getting with us at the show because our booth was so busy. So uh, very, very uh, good uh, feedback on Stepcraft, which which was good. It it really, uh, it's a good feeling, you know, when you have so many people that, uh, they say, say so many positive things in their first impressions after I've never seen the machine before. And, and they think it's, you know, it's amazing. And uh, everybody was really blown away by our pricing. They seemed to think that the machines were going to be a lot more expensive. And when we told them what the cost was, um, everybody had kind of this surprise look on their face. So that was that was really encouraging as well. A um, lot, a lot of uses in the model railroad uh, hobby for our system and and CNC in general. Um, I think when I I did break out on Sunday for a little while to walk around for maybe 20 minutes or so. And I took a look at some of the model railroad displays that were there and there were hundreds of them and the detail and the uh, craftsmanship that goes in to the buildings and the scenery and uh, you know, the, just the custom work is, oh, is amazing, amazing. I mean, some of these displays had to have thousands of hours into it. Um, and a lot of this stuff is, is done by hand. And, you know, somebody will sit there with a piece of balsa or a piece of plywood and just start carving away, you know, by hand and, and make this really amazing scenery building or, uh, you know, just, just different things. And, I couldn't believe it. And after talking to a lot of people um, about the CNC, you know, they they started to realize that, wow, you know, I could uh, get things done a lot faster. I could there's some things that are really difficult to do by hand that the machine will do very easily. Uh, So, you know, we 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 were really uh, happy to hear that that there was a a definite place for Stepcraft. Now, I know that in your in Europe, uh, Germany, they've kind of launched um, Stepcraft over there to the model railroad and the model boating, um, industries. They, they, uh, had, that's where the first customers came from. And I know that it's a pretty big hobby in Europe, but I, I'd never really been exposed to it here in the States. And it's, um, yeah, to say it's a big hobby is an understatement. Um, a lot of people are interested in the 3d printing option, uh, just the ability to design something and, and have it you know, print from nothing, uh, and be able to do really complex shapes was, was attractive to a lot of people. People like the ability that our machine could cut foam with the hot wire cutter. Uh, that's another thing they use a lot of foam in sceneries and, and things like that. So that was, um, that was pretty impressive. Uh, it was a mix. Like we just got through doing a cabin fever show a couple of weeks ago and, and everybody that was there, kind of knew right away what we did they knew what cnc was and they knew they understood it a little bit more and um the people that were at this show um could appreciate what the machine did uh but technically or from a software perspective they didn't really understand much about the whole process and um the 
average age for model railroading is a lot higher than say model uh, model cars or uh, boats or, or even airplanes and helicopters. So, you know, a lot of people tend to be a little, little skittish when it comes to uh, computers. And there was a lot of questions about the concern of programming. That, that seemed to be a word that was used a lot. And you know, we had to explain to people that, you know, you're, you're not really programming anything. Um, we resell Vectric software. I mean, that is kind of the heart of our system. Uh, their software is amazing, uh, easy to use, very, very powerful. And the best of all, it's kind of point and click. It's not, you're not in there writing code. You're, you're putting specs in for, you know, your work piece or specs in for um, the tooling you're using and selecting lines with your mouse and telling it you want to profile or pocket and how deep you want to go and things like that. So trying to explain that over and over to people, um, that was probably one of the biggest questions uh, that we had, you know, people say, oh, that's one of those computer things. And, you know, I don't, I don't know computers or, and, you know, unfortunately CNC stands for computer numerical control. So there's no way around, um, having to use a computer. It's just the way it is. But, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of people, especially, uh, older gentlemen who have been around CNC, you, you know, when they were younger, uh, CNC was always a programming, um, you know, nightmare. There, there was no uh, point and click kind of automation software, you know, 50 years ago or, or 40 years ago. So uh, the fact that it's it's been made a lot simpler uh, definitely uh, made some people look at it a little differently and, and took kind of the fear away, which was which was good. Uh, we, we asked, we answered, that's one of the problems with trade shows, right? When you get to a show and you've got so many people there, uh, you tend to answer the same questions over and over and over. And every time I do a show with Stepcraft, I try to think, what can I do in the next show to make our job a little bit easier or make things a little bit more efficient? And when you have to answer, like I'll, I'll, as an example, uh, everybody would come up and they say, oh, it's a 3D printer because they see that there's we had a machine set up with our 3D printing head. And we have to explain, no, it's it's not just a 3D printer. It is a universal uh, CNC machine or an interchangeable or, or uh, you know, we, we came up with a bunch of different ways of describing it. And till we see which which one people kind of grasp onto uh, when you explain to somebody that you can just take the 3d print head off and put a milling head on or something or, or engraving, et cetera. They, all of a sudden it would be like a light bulb would go off and they would understand, Oh, okay. That that's actually a great idea. One machine does all these different uses. So we, we did spend, um, a lot of time, you know, answering those types of questions and, you know, everybody kind of knew what 3D printing was. So that was interesting to see that, you know, people were definitely interested in that technology. Uh, but when people look at our booth, we bring typically three machines. We had a 300, 420 and a 600 there. So people would ask another common question was, um, well, how much is your base machine? And because they're looking at three machines and we, we have to explain that all the machines have the same specifications and the same interchangeability it's just the size that's different and 
you know, we, we try to explain that, that you can pick the size that best suits your need and then outfit it with whatever components you need to get the job done. So a lot of people did understand that, uh, you know, after uh, a short explanation and, you know, that it's, it, it is what it is. We, uh, we did have a uh, TV set there that was playing a loop video that I put together. I realized before the show that we didn't have any samples of anything that would be model railroad related. So uh, I about, how was it? We got to the show Friday to set up Thursday, Wednesday. I decided that I was going to design a train bridge from scratch. And thanks to my buddy Bill Griggs over at CNC Router Tips, he uh, sent me over the um, supports for a bridge plan that he had and they were in vector format. So I was able to scale it to the size I needed. So that was kind of the starting point for this bridge I designed. Now, because I'm not a model railroader, I didn't have any size specifications. So I just knew that I wanted something that was about 16 inches long to sit on the table. So I scaled the legs and then made the sides and, and kind of put all the components together and I used SketchUp to do it, and um, I kept revi revising the sides and the and the bed and everything to get it to where it looked proportional. And then I output those files into uh, Cut2D, and I went to Home Depot. I bought some clear pine that was their hobby boards that they sell. They're a quarter inch thick, and I was able to pick up a bunch of them. They're not very expensive, a couple dollars a piece. And I was I laid out each of the parts and just started cutting. Um, and they, when it was done, I I was able to glue everything together. I used hot glue to put the bridge together. I people were were impressed when they saw it, which was good for me. I felt good hearing people say that because I didn't. Uh, I've never you know done a model railroad bridge before, and I did try to put some time into it to have have it look really good. Uh, I'll put a picture up in the show notes if you want to check it out. And I'm also going to put a link up to the video that I put together showing it uh, being made. It's not a, not a super exciting video. It's just showing the different parts being cut out, but you'll, you'll get the idea. I did use a um, Sepcraft 600 with a Dremel for the spindle on that. And uh, it, it worked fine. It was just pine. So you know, a Dremel doesn't have any problem with, uh, with pine. And that was sitting in front of the television set, the the bridge with the loop video playing of it being constructed. And that, that did help a lot because people were able to see the object and then watch it being made right behind it. So that's something we hadn't tried before at the show. And we're definitely going to going to do that again. We have another show coming up at the end of February called the Ram Show, W-R-A-M. And it's in uh, at the Meadowlands in New Jersey. It's a model airplane show. So we, uh, we were there last year for the first time. That show was also amazing for us. We got a double the booth size this year. And so we're going to do some model airplane related projects over the next couple of weeks and make some video for that as well. So people can see it. And it's good because if they're waiting to talk to us, you know, at least there's something to watch uh, so they can get an idea of what the machine does. So that, that's something that you know, we're again, we're learning every time we do a show and we only have so much physical space in the booth to work with. In this particular case, I remember um, probably around lunchtime, 
I was at the end of the booth and I looked to my right and I saw Dan, Jay, Peter and Michelle. Uh, we were all standing in a line behind the booth and there was at least 60 people around the booth that we were talking to. And it was like that the whole time. So uh, I really appreciate the uh, welcome response that we got at this show uh, from everybody. And, and we're definitely excited to do it again next year. Uh, model railroading is uh, a pretty awesome. I mean, if you have the time and the space to do it, it's a great hobby, good family hobby as well. Uh, and we, you know, we really, uh, we really had a good time. And it was, uh, it was a busy weekend. I know when I got home on Saturday, I, I passed out pretty early and then, you know, we had to head back on Sunday to do it again. So, uh, they just posted the stats for the show. There was, um, 23,687 people who went through this, uh, the show in two days. Um, I would guess based on the number of signups we got on our mailing list and the number of brochures that we handed out. Plus we also handed out books. Um, the book I, I was telling I was telling you guys about that I wrote, um, a few weeks ago, we, we handed out all of those, all our brochures, just about all of our business cards and had a pretty good size mailing list left over. So I, I would guess we saw at least four or 5,000 people over the two days. Uh, that, and that's one of the problems with the show is because it's spread across four buildings. Uh, that was one of my fears. You're not going to see every single person because we were in the corner of one building. So if you didn't make it to all the buildings or, you know, you came by our booth and it was busy and you said, well, I'm going to go back and see them later. And then, you know, you get caught up in another building and you don't remember to go back. So, you know, that's a little bit of a downside. Uh, ideally, it would be good if we could have two smaller booths maybe and be in two separate buildings. But I don't know. We'll uh, we'll figure it out for next year. But uh, for all of those of you uh, who are at the Railroad Hobby Show that stopped by to see us, Thank you so much. Uh, we really appreciate the warm welcome. And uh, for anybody out there that's into model railroading or knows somebody, please uh, send them to our website, and uh, we'd love to talk to you. I would love to have a conversation with a couple model railroad hobbyists that can see a use for CNC because I'd like to put together uh, some web web pages and some videos and stuff of model railroad specific um, CNC projects and, uh, you know, whatever we design, I'd be happy to give the designs away for free, but I would like to spend some time on that vertical and, uh, talk to people and, and, you know, try to, try to make everybody see the application for our machine in, in that space. So please feel free to email me, uh, and info at stepcraft.us. If you know anybody that is into model railroads and would like to talk, I think that would be pretty awesome all right so another uh thing that we had at the show which uh we actually showed it at the cabin fever uh a couple weeks ago as well is our new automatic tool changer and since we released it i've had more time to play with it and uh <laughs> i can definitely see the advantage of having an atc on your cnc machine uh, especially if you're doing a carving job or uh, you know, some sort of a job that requires multiple tool changes. Uh, we did a couple of test projects out of uh, PVC, and there was one in particular that I did that required four different tools. And how, how it basically works is the rack, the tool rack gets mounted to the back of the bed. 
and our HF500 spindle, you take it off the machine and there's an adapter that goes onto the bottom of it. So it raises the spindle up so you don't lose really any Z height on the machine as compared to just using the spindle by itself. The adapter is the pneumatic uh, control that has the um, release mechanism in it to grab hold of the, uh, the tool holders. And the rack that comes with it, you get five, it's a five tool rack and you can add I th believe up to 20 tools uh, with UCCNC you can just keep adding racks of five uh, we use an SK10 tool holder and we have them available in metric sizes as well as uh, eighth inch and quarter inch so it's our own custom tool holder and basically what you do is once the rack is mounted you have to hook uh, compressed air up to the uh, ATC module and we have a controller box for it. You need at least 125 PSI, so a little pancake compressor. It doesn't have to be an expensive compressor, but you do need compressed air because that's what opens and closes the, uh, the grab mechanism for it. So once that's all set up, you uh, put your first tool in and you bring it out and you touch that tool off um, onto, we have our tool length sensor, so you would touch it off on that and that would establish a height for the first tool. And then you go into UCCNC and you enter that information in. So in, in the configuration tab, there's a spot in there for uh, the different tools and, and you can assign the offsets. So you would set the first tool, then you go back and you set the second tool and you, you grab that and then you touch that tool off. And what you do is you have to calculate the difference between the height of the first tool and the second tool. And you enter that in because it's called an offset in UCCNC. So it's not, it's the offset or the difference between the first tool that you touched off and the current tool that you're working on. So you repeat that process from the rest of the tools in the rack. And then when you use your CAM software, and in this case, we'll talk about Cut2D. So you go into Cut2D and you say, uh, you know, I've got a job and say the job has uh, two three tools that you're going to use. There's a drill, um, maybe a V-bit for doing uh, beveled edges, and then you've got, say, an eighth-inch end mill. So you go in and you you click on the first thing that you want to machine in Cut2D, and then you select the tool for it. I'll say the first thing you're going to do is, is the beveled edges, so you're going to use the uh, V-carve bit, and that might be in tool position number three on the rack. So you set all the parameters just like you normally would in Cut2D. You're going to define the uh, cut depth, speed, etc. Um, when you pick the tool from the tool database, at the very last line is a drop-down box, and it says tool number. So you're just going to tell that what tool number you're going to use. And in this case, it would be tool number three. And then you save it, and you calculate your tool path, and you go on to the next item. So maybe the next one is... Um, you know, a drill, you're going to drill some holes. So again, you go into the tool database, you select a drill, put in the parameters for it. Now say the drill is in position two. So you're going to select the tool is number two, and you're going to save it and calculate that tool path. And then the last step might be to cut the whole thing out. So that's what you're going to use an eighth inch end mill for. So again, last thing you go in, set your parameters that this time you're going to cut all the way through the material. Maybe you're going to add a few thousands to it so you can pass into the spoil board a little, get a clean bottom cut. And if that eighth inch end mill is tool number one, 
You're going to select tool number one, save that and calculate the tool path. Now, normally in cut 2D or any of the Vetric programs, if you try to save the tool path and combine all the tool paths into one file, it won't let you because you've got uh, three different size tools. But if you're going to use, what you're going to do in this case is you're going to choose instead of the Mach 2 slash 3 ARCS millimeter post-processor, you're going to choose Mach 2 slash 3 ATC millimeter post-processor. And that post-processor is uh, sets the parameters up in the G-code to let the software know and to let UCC and C know that you're using an automatic tool changer. So now it will let you save all of those uh, cutting paths into one single file. Now, once you have that G-code file, you, you bring it out to your machine and the machine knows what tool was last in the holder. So say it had tool number three in, in the holder and the job is going to start out. Well, in this case, let's say it had tool number one in the holder. The job is going to start out with tool number three. When the job starts, it's going to automatically put that tool back in the number one position and then go over, grab tool number three and move over to your workspace and it's going to start the job. Now, you still have to touch off your your work piece. So before when I talked about touching off, you're touching off each of the, in, the individual tools and setting up the offsets. Now, once that's done, you only have to do that one time. The only other time you would have to do it is if you actually took, say, tool number three and you took the V-carve bit out and you put in a ball nose end mill, then you have to touch that tool off with the sensor and calculate the offset for that tool. But if you're, you're going to use, say, you use five tools all the time and you leave those set up on the rack, then you never have to really go back in to do any adjustments to the offsets. But you do need to touch off. Uh, the tool to the top of the work surface area or the bed, whichever you use in your job. And so what you're going to do is you're going to bring the first tool over and you're going to either use a piece of paper or tool length sensor, whatever you're using, and you're going to touch that off and set your zero for your Z. And once you do that, it as the system changes tools, because you already calculated and entered in the offsets, you don't have to touch off every tool. You just need to touch off one of them. And then it's going to automatically compensate as it grabs different tools so that your Z height never changes. It's always where it should be. It's always at zero. So there's a little bit of setup to get the tool changer set up initially. I mean, you do have to enter in the offsets for each of the tools. But after that, it's uh, it's just a matter of creating the job like you normally would, except you're going to assign a tool number based on the setting, you know, which tools are in your rack positions and uh, save it as an ATC profile and you're good to go. Uh, then you, you're, you're going to go out, you're going to grab, it's going to grab the tool, it's going to cut it, um, return the tool, grab the next tool, and it's all automated. Now, the first few times that you use it, I wouldn't walk away completely from the machine. Um, first reason is because it's just cool to watch. So like, you know, you're used to changing tools by hand. It's it's really cool to watch this thing be all automated. So you're going to be kind of, you know, want to see that work initially. But you want to make sure that the um, pressure in the tank for your compressor is always above, at or above 120 PSI. Uh, if that drops down too far below, they may not have enough pressure in it to open up to release the tool. So 
uh, during the first job, you definitely want to make sure that you watch that and keep an eye on it, that it is grabbing the tool and releasing the tool. Uh, and that will tell you that you have enough air pressure in the system. And then you can always make an adjustment there if, if it isn't. But we had an air compressor that would l run all the way down below 100 PSI before it would kick on again. So that uh, was working great. And then as the pressure decreased, it started to cause problems with it not grabbing onto the tool or not releasing the tool. Uh, so we had to go in and make an adjustment on the compressor to keep the the, the cycle higher. And, um, you know, it was in good shape. Every, everything's been, you know, been fine since then. But, uh, you know, very unique to see an ATC on a desktop machine. I, to my knowledge, there's none none out there. Uh, you know, we, we love this thing. It works awesome. Uh, we did officially start selling it. We are working on videos and the tutorial uh, steps for it. So, you know, you can go to our website at stepcraft.us and check out the tool changer. There'll be a banner up there. Probably by the time you hear this on the homepage, that'll take you right to it. And hopefully over the next week or so, we'll have some more videos uh, that will be launched on that as well. So, uh, yep, a lot of cool, exciting things coming on. Um, Marcus was here from Germany last week, and uh, he's one of the partners, uh, one of the founders of Stepcraft, and he came and spent a week with us, and we kind of talked about, uh, you know, 2015 and the ups and downs and uh, kind of reflected a little bit on, on the year, and we started uh, the rest of the time was spent focused on 2016 and beyond including uh, some really awesome new products we got coming out, including the laser, uh, as well as some other things I really can't talk about right now, but I can assure you it's pretty big news. Um, Germany is really uh, cranking over there. Peter Urban is uh, the other founder. He's the engineer for the company uh, based on they're telling me of the new components that they're looking at bringing to market this year, plus all of the stuff that we wanted here. Um, I'm pretty assured that Peter's not going to sleep much, uh, but we love him anyway. And, um, you know, we're, we're thankful for, uh, all the work that he puts into on these designs because, you know, the machines really, we had a great 2015, a uh, lot of positive feedback, really excited about what this year has in, in store for us. So, uh, if you do not own a Stepcraft machine and you're listening to this, um, I'm sorry if, uh, you know, this was all Stepcraft related, but, uh, I, and I know I promised early on in the podcast that we would uh, talk about a lot of general stuff as well. And, and we plan to do that in the next episode. I uh, just had some stuff that I wanted to circle back, uh, with including the show and the ATC for, for Stepcraft. So anyway, um, you know, we look forward to talking to you some more, any questions for us, any comments, uh, please send me an email, info at stepcraft.us, or visit our uh, show notes page at youcreatepodcast.com forward slash 014. And you can also give us a call, 203-556-1856. All right, everybody, have a great week. I will talk to you again in the next episode. 